0: their existence together was cut the moment that that tape went out just broke them to a place where they couldn't they couldn't come back from the real love story the love story is watching her and her two sons throughout this entire documentary this This is not just another housewife podcast celebrity gossip consuming my brain (laughs) You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Bray, and this is the Oops, I Gossiped Again podcast. Hello friends. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope that you've been having a great week. There's been a lot of little things happening and I also want to get into the Pamela documentary on Netflix. So if you have not watched it yet and you plan to put this podcast on pause, this is the only time I'm going to let you do that. Put this podcast on pause Go and watch it. It's a beautiful story. We're going to get into it, I promise. But I don't want to give you any spoilers on anything. So please, put it on pause. Put it on your list to watch the Pamela A Love Story on Netflix. And then come back here so we can discuss that. But there have been a couple other things that have happened this week. So I want to talk about those first. In breaking news, there are finally charges being brought against Tom Girardi and another attorney and the financial advisor of Girardi-Keith's law firm for misappropriation of funds regarding the Lion Air victims. Everything up to this point has been civil. So there have been lawsuits filed by the victims' families. There have been lawsuits filed by various other places. There have been bankruptcy things happening. It's It has never been criminal until today. According to court documents, Tom is being charged with eight counts of wire fraud and four counts of criminal contempt of court by a federal grand jury in Chicago. In the Chicago case, because there are, there's Chicago, there's Illinois, and then there's also California. So in the Chicago case specifically, they are being accused of stealing more than $3 million intended for the relatives of the victims of the Lion Air crash. The prosecutors in LA have also charged Girardi with five counts of wire fraud for allegedly embezzling $15 million from 2010 to 2020. Now the LA charges are stemming around the allegations that he had stolen money from clients who were injured in car crashes, including a family whose child was paralyzed in a crash. Now what happens next will be interesting here because Tom has been in a mental health facility for allegedly having dementia for the past couple of years, seemingly since all this came out. Erica Girardi's argument has always been that Tom was slowly losing his mind. She saw the signs during their marriage Now they're not divorced yet. Also keep that in mind. They are still married, but she has always stood by his side in it. She hasn't ever accepted any guilt. She hasn't accepted any guilt of knowing she has just said that she could see him deteriorating over time. So, what happens next with Tom will be interesting because they are looking to formally file all of the charges and then get arraignments going. But if Tom is not mentally in a place where he is able to stand trial, I don't know how this is going to play out. We know there's no money anymore right? I I mean, as far, well, no, I shouldn't say that as far as we know, there's no money, what they claim that there is no money. So that's why these lawsuits themselves have been going on for so long, but now having criminal charges actually attached to that could also help the lawsuits to move along. I don't know how they will end up getting settled that there's There's so much that's involved with all of this, it's exhausting. I know a lot of people are going to question whether or not now that Erica could be charged with anything again. No one has still proven that Erica has known about any of this. She has stood her ground, she's stuck to the same story, and it was even you know, taken out of one of the lawsuits back in, I believe, September because there was like a judge had ruled that there was still no proof that she had known. In my heart, did she know that's just my opinion? But yes, it's just my opinion. She knew she knew where the money was coming from and she willingly took the money. Now, the only thing that could possibly come from this is if they still need to come up with a proof that she knew where the money was coming from and willingly accepted it. The issue that really sticks with her is that her name is on all of her LLC that had money allegedly from these victims being funneled into it so she had to sign and approve all that money to come in and open up these bank accounts and these credit cards and everything as well It's a long, lengthy process. Obviously, as we see, you know, Tom knowingly being the main character in this story, it has taken this long for the criminal charges to come. So it's still something that's not going to be ending overnight. It does not mean anything. It's very interesting that that it's happening now because we don't even know if anything can come of it considering his alleged mental state. But that's new. That's breaking news. The other part of this week has been the Juan and Robin Dixon story. Now we've talked on TikTok. We've talked all over about the story of women coming out. Last week on the podcast, I talked, I shared the story. I, you know, I gave you the information that was there. And I also mentioned how I felt like this really makes Juan look bad when it comes to the defense of this lawsuit that he is involved in regarding the cop and state, his, his student athlete. I think that looks really bad. I, In my opinion, I think that one is in deeper with that whole case than he has led on to be. But now we have Robin this week who goes to her podcast with Giselle, reasonably shady, and goes on to say that she knew about this woman. She knew about the woman that has come forward with receipts. Now, something that has also irked me all week is that since Robin came out and said, yep, this is the real story. This is what happened. I knew about it. We worked through it. People are like, oh, so Karen was right about the blonde woman. And it's important to remember that the woman that came with hotel receipts already has said, I am not the blonde woman. Everyone has confirmed, even even Robin in the little bits and pieces of what she talked about on the podcast said, this is not the woman that Karen was alleging ha- had an affair with one, but the entire internet. And again, I'm just music. I don't even have 30,000 followers on TikTok. I don't even have a thousand followers on Instagram. If you want to help me get over a thousand followers, you can go and follow me on Instagram. <laughs> and I am a baby new podcast in this space. I'm not a big, large account on this. What gets me is when large accounts do take that information that is incorrect and run with it because there were so many of them that reported that Karen was right. Robin admits that she knew about the affair with the blonde haired woman. Nope, 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 nope. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. Like, but big accounts do it and then everyone else does. So let's just put that out there right now. Reiterate it once again. It's a different woman. Robin goes on the podcast and says, yep, I knew about her. She DM'd me. She sent me the information, which we already knew that she, this woman claimed already that she had gone to Robin and told her. And Robin kind of dismissed it, but she did go to one with the information. Basically goes on to say that it's not what you think. She does, however, say that she knew the entire time. She makes a comment that, One was, quote, bored during the pandemic, and he was caught DMing someone. You're giving everything that we need to, to show that your husband, you are claiming, was only having an emotional affair, but legitimately had an affair, and you blatantly lied about it. She even went on to say that she told Giselle, Giselle knew about this happening, and she was waiting all season long for someone on the cast to bring it up she kept this so quiet nobody brought it up except karen bringing up a blonde woman who again is not the same woman and robin saying like yeah i i was just waiting i was waiting i was waiting now your entire this entire show has this season has gone off of these women poking fun and making accusations of husbands cheating. Chris Bassett, in for example. But yet you have a woman who is not even opening her actual life to the show. Like you are on a reality show. Your job is to open up your life, all the good, bad, ugly, all of the things. And she did not do that. Oh, and then she, not only that, but she finished and said if you want all the real story, please go to our Patreon. So then you got to go and pay $5 to join their Patreon. I did not do that because I was like, whatever. I did see a post, however, of someone basically paraphrased it. Robin then tries to say that the reason that the woman had receipts of a hotel room was not because she was sleeping with one, rather that She had been DMing him, so they had been talking. The woman tells Juan, I forgot my wallet at home. And he, because he's such a nice, giving man, went to the hotel and put his credit card down and paid for her hotel room and left. (laughs) I'm going to leave this... I'm going to leave this giggle and this dramatic pause. Because what the fuck? Does she really expect us to believe something so ridiculous? Anyway, uh, next week is the season finale of Real Housewives of Potomac. And honestly, since all this has been happening this week, I'm like, I can't even watch it. I don't even want to watch it. It's just exhausting to me. But it is what it is. Uh, We have one episode left and then the reunion. The reunion, however, should be good. That should give us a whole pile of... Of things to talk about. One more story from Real Housewives Bravo Land this, this week is that there was so much gossip and so many rumors about a situation that happened with Brandy Glanville and Caroline Manzo on the Morocco Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, allegedly. These are, there are so many rumors, I don't even know what is truth. Uh, we do know um, because we saw pictures that Brandy and Caroline both did go home early. So this the story that's getting reported is that there was an altercation that happened because Brandy Glanville was kissing Caroline Manzo repeatedly, and Karen told her to stop, which to me, I don't care if you're man or woman, sounds like sexual assault. Someone tells you to get the fuck off of their body, get off of their body. Good old Brandy Glanville, who can't ever just keep it it, it to herself. She has to be full on trash. So allegedly, Brandy is kissing Caroline multiple times. Caroline has enough of it, reports it, asks for Brandy to be sent home. All we do know is that Brandy was sent home and Caroline left because she was uncomfortable under her own accord thereafter. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's fake. I, I don't. I don't care anymore. What I do care about is the fact that all of this shit keeps happening in real time during filming. We haven't even had season three yet of Ultimate Girl's Trip. And here we are dealing with this drama of season four. Bravo just needs to do something to tighten up whatever it is in their contracts because there's too much shit that leaks. There are too many stories that happen. There's just too much going on that gets leaked, that gets shared, that gets misconstrued. And then it's like, you know, Aspen or the Bolo situation from Atlanta or Heather's Black Eye. Like we're talking about it in real time because it's leaked, because people told stories, because people told rumors about everything. But then we're waiting for so long for it to come and then nothing ever actually comes of it. I'm sick of it. I need them to start buckling up their contracts. Like tighten up those NDAs. Do whatever you got to do. Keep your crew quiet. Keep your cast members off of social media while they're filming or until the show airs. Like go back to the blog days. Remember when Bravo had required blogs that the housewives had to write after each episode? Go back to that. Make them make them write some shit. Don't allow them to go onto social media like Lisa Rinna for months before and be like oh, yep, this is what really happened. This is what really happened. And then we never actually find out what happened. Tighten that shit up. That's all I have on Bravo this week. (laughs) I've been so irritated by just those couple little things, like the way stories get twisted. I don't like to share a whole lot of things sometimes until I have more information. Like I want more information. I want more confirmation of the things that I'm hearing. And I know that sounds funny because like, it, this is a gossip podcast, I run a gossip brand. I get it. But I also like to speak my opinion and my thoughts. And if I don't have all of the facts, if I don't have all the information and all I have is a certain person on social media that had quote all the tea, if I'm going to share the gossip and I'm going to share my feelings and my thoughts and my opinions on the gossip, I need to have more information. I need to put some of the pieces, a little puzzle together. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm done venting and I'm going to get into this Pamela documentary. This is the documentary now on Netflix. It just released on the 31st of January. Documentary that Pamela Anderson is doing herself with her son, Brandon Lee. You might remember her him if you've ever watched the reboot of The Hills. I think like... Brody or Spencer one of them brought him on for a season or two I saw a lot of comments before it came out of people being like why would you ever have your son help you do this documentary you that's disgusting like they need to then look at photos and videos of you being naked and it's like first of all he's Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's son okay they actually have two boys but I'm talking about Brandon here specifically I'm sure he's seen some shit (laughs) okay let's just put that out there but what I also did not expect from the very beginning is seeing the dynamic that she has with her children they have with her it is a mutual respect amongst the three of them they you can tell how much they deeply love and support and ride or die for one another the whole premise you know it's called pamela a love story but the whole premise of the documentary focuses so much on her struggle to understand what love is and what romance is and why she thinks, why she feels maybe that she's failed at love so many times. Underneath it all, the true love story is being told through her and her children. Like she's going out and marrying all these men. She's been married five times. There was even a part in the documentary where she and her sons are watching something and she's like, oh, that was when we lived in Detroit. And one of the kids is like, well, why did we we move to Detroit? And she's like, that's when I was married to Bob. And then you realize Kid Rock's name is not Kid Rock. It's actually Bob. And that kind of comes into your memory. (laughs) But she talks about all of these failed relationships and these failed marriages and how she jumped from man to man and always trying to make sense of it. And maybe she was just like her parents who had this wild and crazy love. Maybe she just had so much trauma that she couldn't work through it. But like the real love story, the love story here. And it's so funny that my brain is like unpacking this in real time. I tweeted about their relationship, but like just now in this moment, I'm realizing this. The, the true love story is watching her and her two sons throughout this entire documentary. So Pamela Anderson is currently living in her childhood home in British Columbia, Canada on the island, like a little tiny, little tiny um, island, small population, small town. That's where she grew up. She's living there, a very quiet life. She just actually got done in 2022. She was Roxy Hart in Chicago on Broadway in New York. So she did that for a couple months. And in the documentary, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I I feel like I need to do something and her sons are like, but you wanted to just chill. You wanted to live like this coastal island life. You know, what, what do you, why can't you just chill? And she's like, I don't want to. I'm in my fifties. I'm re-examining where I'm at in life and I, I'm here for it. Like I am here for a Pamela Anderson comeback in whatever capacity. She kind of prefaces that even the beginning of the documentary, you know, to let us know, like, this is going to be other than the fact that it's called a love story, but this is going to be a documentary on her struggle with love because she talks about her, like her very first serious boyfriend and how she caught himself, caught him cheating because he was washing his penis in their kitchen sink. Like here's Shakira's over here catching her husband cheating because there's a random can or jar of jam in the fridge. And Pamela, I can't really tell that there's something that she needs to be worried about when her husband, or I'm sorry, her boyfriend is washing his penis in the sink. But she's like, ultimately I knew and that did not work out. She gets discovered, which I never knew this part. She gets discovered basically by being with a group of people wearing a Labatt's shirt. And uh, she gets on a Jumbotron, Labats like flies her out, does all these photo shoots with her. And then all of a sudden Playboy calls and they basically say, hey, we want you as the cover. We need someone for the October 1989 cover. Will you please come and do this? And the only thing that I I wish they would have touched more on, the discussion of what happens when you make that decision. Because even now, when I read some of the tweets or the knowing of what we have about how Hugh Hefner was in that time, Playboy was still and and I might get a lot of heat for saying this, but still is so iconic that it was revered. Like it was something you aspired to be and you wanted to do that. The conversation that I'm seeing now is like, oh, this is this documentary is just a yet another reminder how disgusting and despicable Playboy and Hugh Hefner were and Gooden riddance, et cetera, et cetera. Now, while he may have been doing things that we know now, allegedly inappropriately behind the scenes, Playboy was still just a very iconic brand and something that women aspired to be in. And even Pamela said in the documentary, doing this empowered her. And it took her from this shy child who had been raped and who had been molested and unable to really connect with people in a way. Like she got in front of that camera And stripped herself literally nude and it empowered her and it gave her the ability. And it it reminds me of like when there's that article or interview that Marilyn Monroe did once and she said, do you want, do you want to see her? And they were walking down the street. I think it was the photographer and he's like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, I can turn it on. And when she was there, she was in like sweatpants and like a hood and kind of hiding from everyone. And she's like, do you want to see Marilyn? And it was, all she had to do was like flip her hair and exude this confidence. And all of a sudden everyone stopped. They took photos of her. They noticed her. They did not notice her when she wasn't quote Marilyn. And Pam is really saying like, this is what Playboy did for me. It turned that on for me. And that's who I became. I do wish that they had talked more about that discussion though. Like what did that discussion look like with her mom? Her mom makes a comment later in the documentary that she remembers saying, yeah, I just told her to do it. Go live your life. Like I would have, nobody ever asked me to do Playboy, you know, but I wonder what that conversation looks like. What goes through your head in that moment? Like you're just this small town girl who gets a phone call from Playboy and and wants you to be nude on their cover it's, it's a big thing. I wish that's the only complaint that I had about the documentary. Like I would have loved to see even a five minute little discussion of how that happens and how that is something you have a conversation with her parents. Cause she's still very close with her parents, how you have that discussion and how you make those choices for yourself and go ahead and do it. Of course she does play boy. And that's when things happen for her. And we see all these clips back of the way that she was exploited by the media, all the interviews. And quite frankly, the one that really stuck out to me, every single one of them, every person, and we as a society objectively looked at Pam, still look at Pam Anderson as a way that she was nothing other than a set of fake boobs, a small waist, and a bunch of blonde hair that posed nude, right? Like that's the persona that it was. And the one interview that really stuck out to me while all of these, even women, Katie Couric was even on there asking her questions, like everyone's saying, did you have your boobs done? Are you are you going to get them done again? Are you going to do this? What do you, th- like, you can clearly see she got her boobs done. Why are we talking about it? But it was Matt Lauer's interview. And if we knew now, then, what we know of him, all of the alleged sexual harassment things that he went through, like, his interview was eerie and creepy. It was gross. I did not like that. If we only knew then what we knew now, I'm sure that he probably harassed her off air even more than he did on air but she became the subject of exploitation and right now we're really talking about the exploitation of britney spears and like look how look where that got her all those years of everything that she's gone through look where she is now we can talk about the exploitation of marilyn monroe and look where that put her and so now to think about something someone and the exploitation of pam anderson this woman like has gone through so much. The fact that she has even made it to the other side in such a healthy and strong way that she has now is astounding. Because not only do we have just the complete objectification and exploitation of her, but then we have this, you know, sex tape. The sex tape that gets stolen from them. And she said that it is actually a bunch of little. Clips of them, they were always recording. She, in the opening of the documentary, she had tapes and tapes and tapes. I think I love that more than anything because it was like the 90s version of what we're living now. But they have so many tapes of their entire life together, just all those little tiny moments. And she was never not recording. He was never not recording. And unfortunately, they were also recording very intimate moments. They were, she said, there were times that they would just like, He was hitting the boat with his penis and honking the horn with it. She was recording that. She's, you know, in the hot tub doing her thing. She jumps off a boat naked. All of these things, including them having sex, are on record. And someone had stolen all these tapes. They had all been in... It wasn't like just one sex tape. Unfortunately, the Hulu Pam and Tommy show, I watched like two episodes of it. I could not get through it. I thought it was horrendous. They make it portray like... Pam and Tommy had this one tape and they had it hidden away and they knew about the safe. No. Okay. The whole safe was stolen and all of these tapes were inside that safe. So someone had meticulously gone through and pieced all these, uh, these like naked parts and canoodling and the sex parts and put them all together. So you not only have the exploitation of her as, as an object, but now you have the exploitation of this sex tape, that traumatized the hell out of her traumatized the hell out of her and I feel like had that not happened had that tape not gone out she was offered five million dollars for it for them to put out themselves she said absolutely not she said I would never ever want to exploit myself in that way this was the way that a sex tape not unlike a Kim Kardashian sex tape right where you go and you shop it and you put all that money out, allegedly, to take in this and you get famous from it. She was already famous. She was already famous. She didn't need the fame. Tommy Lee was already famous. He didn't need the fame. I think what ultimately happened here, their existence together was cut at in that moment, the moment that that tape went out. I feel like she probably had so much trauma and so much shame and guilt around it and just being objectified that she didn't know how to be herself anymore and the doubling and tripling of paparazzi invading their space triggering him he went after some paparazzi she went after some paparazzi all of that came from this tape being leaked now, does that mean that they would have been together today if it hadn't happened? I don't know. We see visually in all of these real life tapes that they have that are filtered throughout the, which I think is one of the most beautiful parts of this documentary. There was so much love between these two and there it was such a, a deep and wild and passionate love. But because one thing, they both changed in such a way after that tape, I think, that maybe they couldn't find themselves back from. Ultimately, they divorced because Tommy had gone after Pam and assaulted her while she was holding their youngest son, Dylan. In that moment, we see the change in a woman who is being objectified, really felt so insecure about herself for so long. She felt so shy. She's now empowered, but she's not that dumb, blonde, ditzy object that we all think she is. Because that type of person would have been like, it's okay. He's not going to do it again, right? That's what we assume. She packed up her shit and she left and she said, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this with you. And then proceeded to get married, I think like four more times after that. But I really do feel like maybe there's something there. Once this tape came out, just broke them to a place where they they couldn't come back from. She says a lot about Tommy in the documentary and one of the things, again, this is why I want you to watch it because this would be a huge spoiler. One of the things is right at the end, she says to Brandon, I really loved your dad for all the right reasons and I don't think I've loved anyone else. And I think that's probably true. I think that's probably true because they you know—they got married within like four days of knowing one another <laughs> in Cancun, when which he basically... Tracked her down to find her. There was something there, and I, I do believe that, and I think I've always believed that, and maybe still to this day that that's something that she's just never going to let go of. She talks in there about how she feels like she failed for her kids because she couldn't keep their family together. I do think that they probably both loved each other so deeply, and they probably do, but it's almost like this rock star Romeo and Juliet type of way. They don't have anything in common. <laughs> They have nothing in common, but they're both focused on each other. And I and maybe had that tape not happened, maybe we would still be talking about Pam and Tommy Lee. I don't know. Interestingly enough, I guess not interestingly enough. It's only been about 24 hours as of recording this. I have not seen anything from Tommy, which I don't think we will. I really don't. He didn't have much to say other than he thought that the Hulu series was cool. There was never, that was before it even came out. There was never even any confirmation that he even watched it. I don't necessarily think that there's anything in the documentary that would piss either of them off, that would hurt either of them. I do, however, think that there could be maybe something where Brittany could sit back and go, whoa, maybe I didn't realize that this was this heavy or, you know, she's never seen these little clips. Uh, that are shown from their home videos of how they interacted together. If they watched the Hulu documentary, they saw, or not documentary, Hulu series, they saw it reenacted by someone else because of what people saw on the outside. Like seeing that intimate together moment could really change things and he shows up on her tiktok every now and then and i think obviously i'm not saying that they're like gonna break up and the and pam and tommy lee are getting back together by any means i think they're really totally fine i just wonder if it gives her a different perspective on the relationship that tommy and pam have moving forward however i'm It sounded to me like they don't have much of a relationship at all, where they can't even really be friends. Very rarely talk about the kids. Like the kids are grown now, too. They're adults. They can probably handle their own thing. But it doesn't sound like they ever had much of a relationship after the divorce. I don't, there's obviously nothing to quote worry about. I would just be interested to see how those see what they think like what what's your outlook on that you know is he still that passionate person are they in that place i don't know i'm just nosy maybe that's why i want to know overall i think the documentary was beautifully done i love that she shared so much like i said this is a love story not a, just about her finding herself again this is a love story of her and her sons if you didn't take my advice and hit pause and go watch this and you listen to the whole episode I hope you still do want to go watch it. I didn't give a whole lot of speed. Like you really just need to see it, visually see it because there's so much in those home videos and in the way that she speaks and holds herself that you really need to see it. And if you didn't think you were going to watch it before, after watching this, I hope that you do. Especially if you're a 90s baby like me, you're going to enjoy this really because this is like the pop culture that I grew up with and seeing it in real time And how all of those things that I watch happen in real time really frame this entire life for her just was fascinating. Two thumbs up. Beautifully done. That is all I have for you today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you will take my advice and go and watch that documentary if you haven't already. If you have, I would love to hear what you think. Go to my Instagram and you can send me a DM or you can comment, whatever tag me. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to your Instagram stories and share that you're listening, tag me in it. So people can follow the show. If you are not yet following, if you are not yet leaving reviews or rating the show, please do so. You guys, I am literally on my knees begging you to do that. Because the only way that I can reach more people is people finding out that I'm worth listening to. So if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the episodes, please share it. I greatly appreciate it. That is all the begging I am going to do. I hope that you have a wonderful day and the rest of your weekend. I will see you next week in a new episode on Thursday. Bye.